Hello and welcome to season two, episode 16 of Dual Security. I will be playing the part of Andrew today. And I will continue playing the part of Ray. And I just wanted to mention quickly before we continue on with the episode that while Andrew and I are playing the part of Andrew and Ray, it's you, the listener, that we're reflections of. And it's so important to remember that, that there isn't a thing that Andrew and I are talking about that isn't somewhere within your awareness or your capacity to explore. We are just different reflections of you, different possibilities going down different paths, running across different insights that are available to each and every reflection of you. It's just a matter of which direction you go in and what you're willing to let go of. And I just wanted to mention that quickly because while dualistic unity is growing by leaps and bounds every week, it's because of you. More than anything else, it's because of you, the listener, paying attention to your growth, making this podcast relevant, continuing to push the ripple. And so I just wanted to say thank you before we go any further with this episode for being here. Yes, definitely. We are more than appreciative to have someone listening to this. And while we would still be doing this, even if no one was listening, it's pretty cool that there are and, and people interacting, you know, via Discord, via Patreon. And before we get any further, because we never make announcements at the start of the podcast, we do have a free Zoom call, free live public Zoom call coming up this Wednesday for an hour, I believe 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. And then 7.05 to 8.05 p.m. Eastern time, we have a exclusive Patreon call. So those are every month, first Wednesday of the month, Patreon, we have multiple throughout the month, but first Wednesday of the month is always a free public Zoom call for anyone to join. So if you haven't gotten on Patreon yet and want to chat with us, make sure you do that. Maybe if you enjoy it, you might want to join us on Patreon for more, but definitely hop on the free one because it's totally free and you have nothing to lose. If you want to register, we'll put a link at the bottom of this video. Absolutely. And I know I probably shouldn't be saying this considering that we put so much work in, into the podcast and into our, our social content. But if you enjoy this podcast, if you enjoy Andrew's social content or my social content, our best stuff really does come out in these group chats. Our best insights come out while we are actually in living dialogue with one another and the group that, that join us. And so it's a steal of a deal to join us on Patreon. For $5 a month, you get access to you know, four to six hours of group chat every month. Not only that, though, you get all kinds of insights that we don't share on social media. We, don't, we can't make all of these insights compact enough to be shareable or to be relevant to the majority of our audience without losing some ground in terms of, of the algorithm. And so there are certain things that we just can't share. And so we wait until our, our social groups or our, our Zoom calls to be able to share those, to get into those discussions. And so it's by far the place you want to be if you enjoy this conversation. This podcast is great. Listen to it by, for sure. But join us in a live living dialogue if you really want to see what it is that, that we're talking about in real time. Because listening to this after the fact is great. But when you're actually able to ask us a question or share an insight or share something about your journey that you're, you're experiencing, and then we can reflect back how we can relate to that, that's a whole other level of communication. We love it. And we really encourage you to join us. You will also get a few other tidbits. Andrew and I are going to be meeting in person for the very first time very, very soon. And we're going to be sharing all of the details about that on Patreon. We've talked about it a few times. It's getting closer now. Um, you're going to get access to talk to us live while we are actually in the same room 
chatting with one another for the first time. We'll be able to answer your questions and actually have a dialogue with him and I in real time. And you'll be able to be a part of that. It's not something you're going to be able to access unless you're on Patreon, though, until after the event, in which case we'll post some of it online, but not all of it. So definitely join us on Patreon if you want to be part of that first dialogue between Andrew and I. Yeah, and I really do enjoy the back and forth and the questions and the conversations because everyone is able to grow from that. That's been one of my favorite things about doing one-on-ones is just being able to hear other people's perspectives on things and and get questions. And it's almost like when the sen- my sense of self is, is not there to the degree that it always was throughout my life, I'm surprised with what comes out sometimes when I have a response. It's like, I don't know where that came from or what I just said necessarily, but they seem to appreciate it. And it wasn't anything like cerebral. It wasn't coming from my mind. It was coming from something a little bit deeper. And it's because I'm getting that idea of myself out of the way and not there as Andrew, but just there as a reflection of that person or a reflection of you in that moment. And there's so much more sensitivity to that. And just going back to like the platforms and stuff, like we're, we're sort of at the mercy of, of algorithms and all that bullshit out there. And when we have like zoom doesn't have an algorithm, luckily we just, everyone's on there and they get to hear what we say live. It's not like, you know, we have to skew a message to make it, you know, front loaded with a hook or, or condense it into 30 seconds. It's like, we can, expand like we do on the podcast, which is why we started this, because so many of these messages, they're not just things you can get into in a couple seconds or even a couple minutes. I had I had a one-on-one this morning and and the kid uh the guy asked me, what do you think happens when we die? And I was like, oh boy, all right. This and we had like 10 minutes left. And I was like, I'm gonna do my best to give you something here, but it starts with you know, who are you? And, and then are you someone who can die? And like, I went on, I, I did my best for like five minutes, but I was like, you know what? There is a podcast episode that I have. It's called life and death on dualist unity. If, if you want to hear more, because that was just, you know, barely scratching the surface in that answer, then check that out. And so that's why, you know, we do the longer form, the podcast, the, the free live group chats, the Patreon chats. So yeah, it's and I always really enjoy them too. Yeah, for sure. I know in the last group chat that we had last week, um, one thing I really enjoyed was the opportunity for us to really talk about our first movie review. We had talked about the movie Lucy uh, previously, and then you had a chance to watch it. And so in the last group chat, we actually got into a little bit about the storyline to Lucy, which came out in 2014 and stars uh, Scarlett Johansson. It's a great movie, but there's a lot in that movie about our potential as awareness, as consciousness. And there's a lot of symbolism in that movie. And so it's a great movie if you want to watch it, but if you want to catch what our thoughts were on it, then you should definitely go back and watch that group chat from last week. We post all of our group chats for watching after the fact on Patreon as well. I think there, right now there's over 40 hours of, of content on Patreon for everybody to access. It's always going to be there, but it's only ever going to be on Patreon. Um, we're also gonna start doing movie reviews. Thanks to Lucy, we've decided that there are certain movies that are worth talking about. And so we're gonna start doing small mini episodes where we review 
consciousness related movies, talk to you about what we learn from them and what you might enjoy about them, and then ask for your thoughts on them as well. So that's something that we're up to right now. I did want to say this quickly. A couple of episodes ago, we gave away some free copies of our social anxiety workshop, and we've received some reviews from people and some messages saying thank you, that there's a lot of insights there that they could chew on, and that's great. I'm really glad that we were able to do that. We're going to do that again today, except that today we're going to give away some copies of our manifestation workshop, which I am very happy with. After we finished that manifestation workshop, I walked away saying to myself, that is something that I don't feel has any snake oil. That is something that I feel is about as close to the point as you can get without making false promises, without offering false certainty. I felt really good about that workshop. And so later on in this episode, I'm not going to tell you when, I'm going to give you a coupon code where you can get a free copy of that manifestation workshop on our website. There are limited copies available. So just keep listening and I will give you the code eventually. Yeah, that that workshop was a ton of fun. And there's just so much out there, you know, beyond just like religion, but then you get into spirituality. And I was thinking of a manifestation uh, video for for TikTok. And and I was going to start with something just like how, why is no one talking about the consequences of manifesting? And, and then follow up with like, I don't mean to trigger everyone in the spiritual community, but, and it's not to say there's even anything wrong with it or that you shouldn't do it, but it's just important to keep in mind that there are consequences and I rarely hear about them, but they're there. And then just go into, you know, two or three consequences. Cause it is, there are, there are absolutely consequences and I'll let you, you know, check out the workshop to figure out what our thoughts are on that or wait for my video. That'll probably be out. I don't know, in like a week or so, but, but yeah, it's still, even that won't, won't, scratch the surface of, of what we get into in that workshop. That's like, I don't know, six hours or so. And, and that's kind of all lays it out for you pretty well. Yeah. Over four days, an hour and a half each day. Uh, we did a little bit of a Q and a at the end of each day. So we answered some questions as well. Uh, we had quite a few people. It was one of our first workshops. So we were actually really happy with the crowd that we did have who joined us, but it's worth it. It's definitely a, it's a good workshop. And if you can access it for free, then I definitely encourage you to. And if you can't, then definitely join us for the group chat this Wednesday. It's free. Like Andrew said earlier, it starts at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Um, and I just wanted to mention this quickly because I haven't had a chance to share this story on the podcast yet. And I won't today, but I will probably later on in the future of the reluctant Messiah. Uh, this is a story I was talking about in our last group chat regarding a certain species of fish that lives by clinging to a rock and just catching food as it goes by all day. And, and the story was something I ran across um, in my younger days, somebody random talking to them at the bar, a bunch of people, some friends got together afterwards, never met this person before. And he shares this story and he calls it the reluctant Messiah. And it's all about the process of awakening. And it's, it's a really nice symbolic story. So I, I kind of laid it out in the last group chat. If you have a chance to go and watch it, definitely do. I'd love to hear what you think. Um, it's probably one of my favorite stories and, and I think I tell it pretty well. So I just wanted to share that with you. Now, Onto the podcast, because recently I uh, shared a video with Andrew, and it was kind of as a result of a conversation that we were having about the tremendous weight that can sometimes go with being a content creator, that sometimes, whether you mean to or not, your content becomes a little less about what you want to say, and a little bit more about who might be listening to it. And you don't mean for that to happen. The same is true with painting or writing or, or music or anything else eventually you start thinking about how it's being perceived rather than just where it's coming from. And, and so we had this conversation about 
the importance of letting your life inform your content rather than letting your content inform your life. And so as a way of, of stirring the pot and giving Andrew something to think about, I sent him a video by a creator who was talking about, and I, I want to put this correctly because I wrote it down, the fact that we are in the middle of a vibrational rapture that due to our vibration, we are being energetically transported to another earth. And that on that earth, the old rules no longer apply. If you were to think of the future, you would get sick. If you would try to plan at all, that would cause health problems. Not only that, but you will naturally speak frequent, less frequently to people who don't vibrate at your level in this new other earth. And, and so there's a lot of stuff in that video. And I really wanted to get your take on it, Andrew, because I know your first question was, where is he getting this? But when you look at some of it, there's that ounce of truth, right? There is, if you look at it in a certain perception, if you look at it in terms of time, if you look at it in terms of, of dimensions and frequencies and all of that, if you really start dividing it and making it more metaphysical than it needs to be. So I'm just wondering, do you think there's anything of value in that? Do you think that there's something we can glean from that? And what do you think the dangers are in that? Yeah. Absolutely. I appreciate the question. Um, yeah. So first of all, when people just start going on rants about like the new earth, I always wonder, like, like you said, my response is like, where are they getting this? Like this whole narrative that they're so certain about, like, I feel like there's, I almost can guarantee he just heard that from either he heard it from someone else or he just made it up to, to, cause he, cause he's heard something similar and kind of likes that type of video. But I do think there's the ounce of truth to it, but it's not in the way that he said, like there is, it's, it's kind of comes back to the idea that nothing is ever right or wrong, but there are always consequences to your actions. And so when you do get caught up, like there's nothing wrong with planning, but if you plan planning and, and like trying to get to that thing, that is never there, you know, chasing the carrot, there's going to be consequences to that. And it's not that you're literally going to get like, you know, super ill and start throwing up from doing that, but there are going to be consequences. And I think that's the equatable line to it. Like when you're, when you're so focused on the future and so focused on the past, like there is just going to be suffering from that, that you experience that we are all well aware of. We've, I guarantee everyone listening to this, including us, have, have experienced plenty of suffering from, from living primarily outside of our reality here and now and, and thinking about a place that isn't here and now. So it's not so much as you literally start throwing up and, and they get into all the theatrics and everything, probably just to get more views and to get people interested. But like a lot of people will only hear that side and think, take it literally, kind of like fucking all Jesus's stuff. Everyone took it literally. And look what we ended up with all this religious bullshit. And so when, when people start saying stuff like that, it, it's important to take it with a grain of salt and realize like, ah, this person who sounds kind of nuts and, and it maybe is a little bit, but at the same time, if you're able to see it and recognize that it's, it's maybe not literal there, you can see some truth to it. And I think it's just the consequences that we experience from focusing too much on the future and, and not recognizing that our reality is only ever here and now. And we do that so often trying to get to the next thing, get the next job, get the next 
amount of money, whatever it is. So there are consequences to existing in that way, but it's not like, you know, you're going to get a fever, but at the same time, I guess maybe enough of it could cause actual sickness. Ah, so <laughs> I guess I'm questioning my own response now. So like, yeah, there's definitely an ounce of truth to it, but yeah. <laughs> it's perception, right? Like yeah. that, that's the thing is in these conversations, we always try to bring things um, to a point where they're, they're grounded and they're easy to comprehend without getting too complicated or too metaphysical. And it's because the more complicated you get, the more you start thinking that the truth is complicated and it's not right. But there is this interesting perception. Like when he's talking about letting go of our fear and vibrating at a higher frequency, that's not very different from what you and I have talked about in terms of there being more energy or potential available to us as we let go of the source of our fear, which is our identity. Right. But while that's true, it's also not right because it's not necessarily that we're vibrating differently. It's just that we're the same thing. We're just accessing different parts of ourselves. And then there's this perception that well, we're vibrating into a different plane of reality. And again, like that, that sounds really complicated, but all it really means is changing the reality that we're in. And you could look at it as changing timelines. This is something that I run across a lot. And I wanted to address this because you and I have talked about my videos from 2005. And I said, you know, there was a lot of me in there. And what I meant by that is that there was a lot of my importance in that. It wasn't just about the insight. It was about me having the insight and everything it meant about me and my life and the world and my place within the world and all of that stuff. No matter how much I was trying to avoid the perception towards the future, right? Because again, you know, being in the present is what we want to do. That I was still trying to go towards a future where I was more present right? Where I was more present. And, and so this is something that we run across a lot in terms of spirituality, where it's like, don't be afraid, but there's a vibrational rapture. It's like, well, hold on. Doesn't that mean like we're, we're being separated? Like we're being judged? Like we're going like based on our act? Like, isn't there something to be afraid? I could do something wrong. And suddenly we're counteracting the exact, the exact insight that we're trying to share, which is that our fear keeps us locked in place in our current mentality or our current perception of the world. But changing that fear, you could say, yeah, it changes the dimension we're on, or it changes the version of earth that you're experiencing. It just changes the way you're experiencing what is, right? You could say, well, it's a different version of what is, but that's just true to you based on your perception, right? So it's not that you're, 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 you're changing dimensions. It's not that you're traveling across timelines. There's one moment that's fluid always in, mo in motion it's it, and and in motion isn't quite correct either because there's nothing for it to move within but it's always everything it's not that we're going from one lower dimension to a higher dimension it's that we're looking at the same what is from different perspectives that's it and that perspective that we're choosing or the or the lack of perspective clarity changes our experience which changes what we're able to do within what is that's not a vibrational rapture. That's something that's true all the time. And that's the thing about that video that got me. It was like, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and I'm telling you right now is a vibrational rapture. It's like the same opportunity's always been there. The same opportunity will always be there, right? It's nothing that, that's unique to this time period, except that right now there's more and more talk about it. But as soon as you start 
building up that idea again that there's something happening to us rather than you have the capacity to do something. It changes the tone, it changes the message, it changes everything, and it makes it again that division between the universe and ourselves. We are the universe, we're in motion, right? As we change, what we experience changes, and that changes what we can do with what is. It doesn't have to be metaphysical. I always find it interesting how people talk about the universe and like saying the universe has a path for me as if it's something separate. And it's such a fundamental understanding that you need to, not that you need to, but you, you can realize that you are it. Like there isn't the universe and then you. It's, it's like we like to cut off humanity from the universe, from nature. And it's like, we are it. We, there is no separation between you and the universe that is, you know, guiding you just like the universe is my guide. And it's like, who are you that could be guided by something outside of you? Like you are the guide and that which is being guided simultaneously, like the observer and the observed. So it's, it's always funny how, and I, I, I'm into like fitness stuff and I kind of like to equate it to people who you know, understand the fundamentals of how the body works and energy balance and stuff. And then people who get super caught up in like some fad thing, like, oh, you, you can't eat these types of food or else this, you can't eat like this at this time of day. You can't eat like between 8 PM and, and 10 PM or else you're going to get fat. You can't, you know, eat before 12 PM and then you can't eat after 7 PM. It's like all this stuff. And it's like, Yes, while those things may play a part, it's like those are those are sort of like a layer on top of of what the fundamental understandings are. And so to think that, you know, the earth is going into to 5D or, or whatever, it brings about this like whole idea and this whole narrative about what's going on. And the reality is that those same things, the fundamentals of it don't change. And there's no difference moment to moment. There's not, there's not special days. There's not special manifestation days. Like the idea of a day and like a date is completely arbitrary. Like we get caught up in thinking that these ideas, these, these made up concepts are the truth. And, and like our calendar is the truth. Like our calendar doesn't mean fuck. You think the dinosaurs followed the Gregorian calendar? Like, fuck no. Like thinking back to those times help a lot to just bring you back to reality and, and thinking about, even just thinking about animals, like uh, something they, like rational people in, in like the fitness and nutrition space, like to compare if your dog starts gaining some weight, like, what do you do? Feed it a little bit less, walk it a little bit more. It's like, it's not this crazy thing where, where you have to do all these complex stuff and, and you can't have this and you can't have this because this is going to like, do this and that. And like, there are impacts to things and there are certain types of foods to eat that make it easier to, you know, build muscle or lose weight or whatever, but the fundamentals don't change. And I think that's where people get caught up in like the, the non fundamentals and the stories because they sound better and they're more like exciting or whatever, but it totally changes your perspective of the reality of it and the reality that every single moment there is opportunity to shift perspectives. You don't have to wait for, for a savior. You don't have to be led by a guru. You don't have to wait for a special day right now is the opportunity. And it's the only 
ever time you ever have the opportunity. It's only the only time you ever will have the opportunity is right now. That's it. Cause it's, it's the only thing you ever have experienced, ever been, ever will be is right now. There is nothing else. There is nowhere else you've ever been. There's nowhere else to go. Yeah. And the entire idea that there is somewhere to go is a product of the mentality that most of these people are saying that they're surpassing. See, that's the thing. Like, it's very much a crab bucket in, in that it's like, we're getting out of the bucket, but the bucket is the idea of me. I'm getting out of the bucket and I'm stuck in the bucket, right? And then it's like, I'm telling all these other people, you can get out of the bucket too while I reinforce the bucket for them, right? Like we're, we're going to 5D. Well, what is 5D? Well, it's a concept of it. Oh, okay. So none of this applies in 5D. So the entire conversation, every description you were about to have or use or any idea you were about to, to espouse about 5D, it's totally not 5D. It's like trying to describe enlightenment, right? You can't because you're not. That's it. And then when you are, you can't because there's no such thing. But you need to get there to understand that, right? Like that's the whole point. So yeah, it's this idea that, you know, as we let go of our fear, we're going to ascend to this new earth. Great. You just reinforce their fear that I might miss that opportunity, that other people are doing it, right? That there's, there's something to do other than be the earth itself, right? We're investing in the illusion that's actually making it difficult to change our experience of what is. We're continuing to invest in that that idea of ourself that makes us divided, that makes it impossible for us to move as one, that makes it impossible for us to truly communicate and allow our intelligence and our empathy to act in the moment because it's being shackled by this idea that you are separate from everything else and therefore you can't relate. And if you can't relate to everything else, how can you move fluidly within it? How can you have any influence over it or any sensitivity to it? You can't. And that's where all our conflict comes from. That's where all of our suffering, or at least our psychological suffering comes from, is this fight that we're having with what is. That's it. We just don't want to accept what is. I want to have an opinion, right? And that's kind of the, the cost is that if you want to have an opinion, you have to be separate. And that separation is going to cause some degree of suffering. Now, you could take your opinion less, less seriously, which will decrease that level of suffering, or you can get rid of it entirely, which will give you the, the ability to see a different perception. And that's the benefit of letting go of your opinion. You change. You see a part of yourself you couldn't see before. In the same way as somebody who might judge me or judge Andrew listening to a podcast episode all the way through, as some people have with the very first episode, they had an opinion going in, but halfway through, that opinion no longer held. They had, to, they had to question their perception of us, and that allowed them to see the perception that we were coming from and that they had always had access to. But we have to question our, our opinions in order to see the ones that are there. We have to question the things that we rely on in order to let them go. I feel like that ties into to manifestation so much, too. Like just yeah that was so well said the that our our opinion with an opinion comes separation and especially when we take it to be the truth and it's the same for for wants and desires like i want this for me and you are only reinforcing not only the lack but the idea that you are something 
that is separate from anything that could have something that is theirs. And if it's yours, you're using identity to build about this separation that you're trying to get out of because that's where freedom is found in the flow of things. But everything you're doing is like creating that separate and reinforcing that separation. It's so convoluted, but it's fascinating. And then people are so caught up in it. And everyone's uh, people like to say that ego is, uh, you know, they're overcoming their ego. They're having ego deaths left and right. And yet they're manifesting all these things and just re it's like they're, they're going against it and then reinforcing it at the same time. And they wonder why, you know, they're, they continue to, to suffer. And, and I guess, cause they don't see it. Like do, do that many people not recognize the consequences of that, of the reinforcing of identity and ego through basically any identity based thing that makes you feel better. Like, you know, practicing gratitude or active manifestation and, and all that stuff. Like, do they just not recognize it or do they willingly not want to, because they like getting things that they want because it makes their ego feel better, which is the exact thing they're, they're trying to get rid of at the same exact fucking time. Yeah, that's right. You got it. Like, that's the thing is that a lot of us don't even know that identity does create a conflict because we don't see ourselves as being reality. Like the conversation we're having that there is an illusion that we kind of superimpose between ourselves and what is, and it is our identity, our narrative. That's not a common conversation. I mean, in psychology alone, for decades, they have said, if you don't have a solid sense of who you are, that is a bad thing. Right. Like that, that is a serious concern if you don't have, you know, a, a, a developed sense of self. And to some degree, that's true. But then it goes on to self-concept, self-image. It goes on to, you know, your reputation, how people perceive you. And these are all part of our society. So, no, the fact is, is that the common element, because there is a common element, and it just doesn't matter if you call it the devil or if you call it metote or you call it the ego or you call it whatever is this illusion that we invest in that allows us to feel more certain and less afraid while at the same time hindering our ability to adapt, which contributes to our fear, <laughs> right? And that's, that's it, that's the common element is just this illusion of who we think we are. But we don't see it because this conversation is not something that's really uh, dominant in our mentality because our world runs on the opposite. Every job that you have, depends on you identifying with your role. Every, every structure depends on people identifying with that structure or with that belief system or with that country, right? There, everything's a hierarchy. Everything's about our ideas of ourselves. That's why we can't see ourselves as one, right? That's why we have this idea of who's better and who's worse. And we base it off of stupid ideas like monetary value, right? Or fame or, or, or how people are perceived rather than how they actually experience life. Right? We as a culture are just coming back to this recognition that we're experiencing psychosis collectively. We're invested wholesale in an illusion that we base our world and everything that we do upon. But right now it's coming to terms with that. And it's a lot easier to talk about the ego, to talk about you know, conquering the ego than to let it go. 
And that is ultimately the most difficult hurdle, in my opinion, because as long as you're even judging your ego, you're still stuck in it. Eventually, you just have to recognize what it is. It's not about fighting it, surrendering it, or anything else. It's just recognition. It's recognition that it works in a particular way and that it never shows the truth because it can't, right? But in order for us to do that, we have to come to a conclusion about what it is we're, we're having a problem with. And right now, there's too many other problems that we're blaming. Other people, you know, other governments, the monetary system, things like that. Like, we're, we're blaming everything outside ourselves instead of recognizing that the system that we are experiencing is built on this illusionary or this illusory idea of ourselves, collectively and individually. Yeah, that... <laughs> The idea that it's easier to conquer the ego or to try and conquer the ego than it is to let it go is just fascinating. What I see with that is that it's, I see it as because it's the ego trying to conquer the ego. Like it's easier because you still get to be a conqueror. You still get to be that which conquers. And then it just like builds you up and builds up that side of your ego and you killing your ego is done by the fucking ego. Like, holy shit. So in order to let it go, you can't rely on that same mentality. It just has to be a more so surrendering and like, holy shit. Yeah, that's wild because everyone's just like doing that left and right. Something I, uh, I've been going more recently on, on walks without, I, I, for a while I've been doing it without headphones, but recently I've been going like without my phone or anything and just like fully like, so I can't even like, you know, check in on stuff or whatever. Um, and it, it's been nice and it's, my mind gets really quiet when there's no opportunity to like, you know, check in on anything or, or even if I have an insight to like, I can't even write it down. I actually did. I have an old phone that I brought today. Um, just, just in case and I did have some, some insights that I wrote down, but one of them was, um, that before, because I was walking and like, I wasn't, my phone is, it doesn't work anymore. It was just for notes. I was thinking about how back way back before we had any sort of man-made reflections, the only time you ever knew what you looked like was if you were looking at a very still pond. And that was probably not super common. Like most people probably lived their lives, like not really knowing what they looked like. And I was like, holy fucking shit, that's crazy. Because so much of our society and how we perceive ourselves and how we perceive other people is how they look. And it's all in comparison. It's how we look relative to them. But back way back before it was so common to like always know what you look like and be able to see yourself, there was no, there was probably very little judgment in comparison because there was no idea of self to judge against. It was like, you could see obviously all your limbs and everything very easily, but you couldn't really see your face unless you went. And I doubt many people were just wasting their days, like staring at a still pond, like looking at themselves, like studying their face, like, Oh, do I have a zit on here? Like, Oh, I hope this person doesn't judge me for that. Or, or like being because a body part looked different than what other people's looked like. It was like, Oh no, like I'm, I'm so self-conscious now. Like there wasn't that. And I, I was just thinking about how fascinating it is that just with the ability to see our reflection, how much 
of a role that plays in our mentality currently in our, our society and our comparisons and how much is based on that. And it's, it's very interesting. And uh, there's just so many things about like back before modern times that were so different. And there's things within modern times that just exacerbate the suffering and just push us further into the illusion of duality. Like I, I get lost in when I'm on my walks and, and, you know, kind of forgetting that I'm this character, I'm this idea, I'm not identifying as Andrew. There's very few intrusive thoughts that can get in there. So I'm seeing myself as just everything. I'm just here now within and among and as everything. So it's like until, yeah, it's just reflections. I feel like played a big role in that. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, that's it, right? And this, it's this ongoing process of, of, of learning and adapting. Like we were talking about, I think, in the group chat last week or, or in one of the episodes previously that you just kind of walk around going through your life. Something triggers your, your old programming. You realize, oh, I'm, a, I'm up again. I'm thinking about myself again. You kind of work through that and then it goes away fades off and you find yourself just being in the moment again but that is the practice and you find yourself more and more and more until you're triggered not thinking about yourself just being in the moment just being in your life you know adapting you know moving changing growing having a good time overall not not that everything's pleasant or positive so much as you have the ability to look at it in a way that it is a reflection of your fulfillment rather than a, a means of getting fulfillment, which is the difference in the experience, right? Like there's a huge difference in the experience of trying to be complete versus being complete, right? Because if you never, if your value never wavers up or down, then every experience is just you expressing your wholeness. Nothing is a journey towards wholeness. Nothing is an expression of a feeling of lack. It's always just you being whole doesn't matter if you're right or wrong, doesn't matter if you make a mistake or you, or, or you do it correctly, your value doesn't change, right? So it's just process and change, process and change. Like we label it a mistake or a success, but the fact is, is that they're both part of the same process. We just separate the two and say, this part's a failure and this part's a success. But if you look at it as a timeline, enough failures will lead to a success, right? So the failures aren't really failures. They're the early elements of success but we conceptually divide them, right? And so people stop at the failure. They go, well, I failed. You know, but what, what would happen if we got rid of the label failure and we just went, oh, well, I just finished my initial volley of success. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't go as, as planned, but it was just my initial success step. Not my initial failure, but my initial step towards success. That would change our perception of things. Right? That would change how we, how we identify with things. It would change our motivation. It would change the enthusiasm with which we tackle things. Right? And that goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's not like all of a sudden in doing so, you are changing to another earth. It's just that your experience of that earth has changed because your experience of yourself has changed because you are the earth. Yeah. Yeah. I know uh, last episode I was, we were talking a little bit about just like the con con conceptual division, the idea that all division is conceptual. And I use that, that sun example, but it goes the same, like Ray was just saying with moments, like 
there are no individual events. There are no individual moments. There are no individual experiences. It is all just here now. And, and we divide things very conceptually, but there isn't even day to day. It is, there is no division. It's not like there's a, you know, a little gap between yesterday and today and, and tomorrow. Like there is no division whatsoever. It's always now. So we just, all we do is like, even for, for this podcast, like it's, you know, we, we hit record at one point, we hit end at another point, but Ray and I are living our lives. And that is what informs what we say on the podcast. So if our entire lives inform everything we say, just because we hit record and stop recording at different, at specific points, the whole body of it is informed based on everything we've ever done. So like, what does the podcast start when we hit record or does it start when we decide on the schedule or does it start when we first experienced the earliest thing we talk about, or does it start when our parents experienced something that led them to meet, that led them to have us, that led them to raise us, that led us to experience certain things that led us to talk about it on the podcast, you know? So it's like, there's no end to that. That is eternity. And there is, so there is no actual division between any thing that we've ever experienced and it's the same, just the same with time. It's the same with space. And so there is no division between me and you. There is no division between me and Ray right now, though it, it may, you may measure that it it's about 3000 miles away. There's no separation within that. There is no actual division within those 3000 miles. So we are like literally connected. Everyone listening to this right now is connected to me and Ray. And so there is without division, there's just no <laughs> concepts of separation. And there is no more failure because you see that failure as just necessary. Like, would you have succeeded if you hadn't failed a hundred times first? So are those actually failures if they, you know, seemingly led to a success, but there was no division that had something that came before leading to something else. It was all, there was no division. So there was no leading to this. It was just happening here now. But, you know, if the success was, wouldn't have happened without the failure, is it still a failure? No, it's, it's not. And there is no division between anything. At all, which is great. Because if you think about it, and this should be our, our next uh, campaign slogan, the Big Bang happened so you could listen to dualistic unity. Because at the end of the day, all of time is connected. And it's interesting that we talk about this because that's, that's the whole 4D insight. The fourth dimension is time, right? And so if time as a dimension, if you look at time in the same way you look at space, for example, um, if time is a dimension, then the farther you go and the farther back you go, the more you see that everything comes from the same point, which means that everything is connected, right? All things were at one point the same thing, expressed over time, but because time is a dimension in itself, that's not a division. So everything is one thing expressed over time, right? Andrew is the big bang, you, the listener, 
are the supernovas that have destroyed galaxies and eventually led to new new planets and new life forms like all of these things are the same thing all expressed to make each moment possible because the past and the future and and the present are one moment they're always the now right but if you were to look at the now that you're experiencing like it doesn't matter where you are like just stop look around you everything that you see around you was probably based on something that came before now whether it's the picture frame on the wall or it's the building that you're in or it's the car that just drove by you can see previous versions of that thing that would have been invented to make that thing show up and so all of those nows that would have been required for the evolution of that thing that you're seeing in this now exist and we call that the past right so everything that is now must have a way of getting here and thus all of those moments are expressed in the infinite variations of the here and now that is the universe we just look at it in terms of time but it really is just a way of justifying the placement of everything <laughs> that's really all it is the past the future the future and the present is just a way for reality to make it easier for us to experience ourselves in our in our most vast and complete uh, form because everything in the here and now would be overwhelming right and you can experience that to some degree again in, in advanced states of meditation the more that you get out of your ego the more you get out of your way you start to experience that intelligence where you actually you go into a situation and you don't just see the moment you're in but you see multiple variations of the moment that you're in instantaneously right it's more intuitive than anything else and you just select one and you go that way right but what's interesting about that is that that's a lot like quantum computing CPUs, the way they work right now, are all based on logic, right? So if then, that's how our CPUs work. So anybody who does programming, that's how they typically program. If this happens, then do this. If this and this happens, then do this. If this and this and not this, then don't do that. that that's how our programming works. Whereas quantum computing looks at all the possible answers that could exist within a field and then selects the one with the highest probability of being correct. So it's nothing like computing as, as we see it right now, which is one of the reasons they don't really understand how it works. But we are essentially quantum computers. And the more we get out of our way, the more we're able to get rid of the illusion that blinds our, our intelligence, the more that we can actually see those probable answers more clearly because we can't see them so long as we need a certain outcome that throws off our ability to sensitively predict the probability of a certain outcome because we need it to be a certain way so we distort our own view but if we can get that out of the way if we can get our ego our identity and all that need and, and lack that goes with it then we are essentially quantum computers and our intelligent will our intelligence will always look at all the possible variations of the here and now that we're in and select the most likely one that matches with our current intention or our current level of clarity that's amazing What's amazing is that we're expressing that in terms of technology now, instead of exploring it in terms of ourselves. Yeah. So it's like we are quantum computers that have been conned into thinking that we're CPUs. And so we get caught up in thinking that the logic is the highest form of intelligence. And it's like, you're a fucking quantum computer, like, and you're stuck thinking you're, you're going to do this bullshit the whole time. Like, you do not understand what you are. And so until you do, that potential will always be untapped. And then that ability to, and it's like bringing it back to, to ego. It's like thinking, 
we are a quant or a, we're a CPU. And so we think we have to get rid of the CPU using the CPU in order to become, you know, a, a, I don't even know if it would be considered in this analogy, like a quantum computer. It might be like a, a CPU trying to get rid of itself as a CPU to be like a better CPU or something, not even like the quantum side of it. And it's like, you don't have to get rid of the CPU because you're not even the CPU. It's like, you're fighting an illusion. All you have to do is be like, oh, maybe I'm not this. So then I don't have to get rid of this. Maybe I'm not the ego, so I don't have to get rid of the ego, but it's like, but I rely on the ego to feel better about a lot of things. So that's hard for me to let, let go. But the only way to transcend that and experience freedom is to let it go. Kind of like the reluctant Messiah story, which everyone should definitely check out because that is a fucking awesome story. And it, it's not about figuring things out. It's, it's about letting go of everything you fear and realize you can, you know, you can swim with the stream and find the flow or, or like jump out of the nest and learn to fly as you go because you know how to fly, but you've just convinced yourself that you don't. And sometimes people need to get pushed out of the nest to realize it. Sometimes they never do and they, they're stuck in the nest, you know, the whole time, but you jump out, you'll, you'll figure out how to fly one way or the other, because you're also not something that can die. So there's not, not that fear that goes with it either. But yeah, the quantum computing is very fascinating. I hardly know anything about computers or quantum computing or, or anything like that, but yeah, it's fascinating. Cause like, we don't know how the human brain works. So it's like the same type of thing. And, and we get so caught up in all these things and, and pushing in the pursuit of progress for humanity and it's like we're the most complex things that have uh, may, existed to this point and and we're trying to focus on all this other shit it's like you you are the most fascinating thing that has ever existed and you're trying to do like you know manifest a car it's like you're a fucking quantum computer like why do you need to focus on manifesting a fucking car like look within question what you think you are question what people are telling you are because you're not a fucking cpu quantum computer man <laughs> yeah let go of the how because that's it right like we think there's a way i'm supposed to act and it's not in our nature and so we force ourselves to act that way and it creates conflict and then we look around and we go, why am I suffering so much? And meanwhile, everybody else who's doing the exact same thing and doesn't want to look at it goes, no, you're doing fine. Just be positive. It's working for me, I think. And then they look around and other people validate the same game and it just keeps going, right? But it's that idea of, but I need to have a solid idea of what I'm supposed to do. Where am I supposed to go? What is the path that I'm supposed to take? And it's because we lack faith in ourselves genuinely, right? Whereas if we had faith in ourselves, we would find that moment to moment, we get better at being in that moment, at taking advantage of that moment, of finding opportunities in that moment, because we align with it. And on that note, since you've been listening all the way through this episode up until this point, I just want to let you know that if you go to the dualisticunity.com website, click on the store, go to the manifestation series and use the coupon code, I am reality you will get a free copy of the Manifestation Workshop. Six hours, 
four days, an hour and a half each day, some Q&A in there. There's just so much insight. And if you have some questions, definitely get in touch with us because we'd love to talk to you about it. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to people checking that out because it is, yeah, wealth of information. I feel like I learned a lot from that because I was, you know, we recorded that soon after I sort of recognized the the consequences of, of manifesting. And I was, I was doing the whole manifesting bit, you know, like writing down things that I wanted to have, trying to convince myself that I already had it to, to feel better and, and getting caught up in all those, those wants and not recognizing that I don't know what is best for me. And we, we get caught up in thinking that our limited perspective is somehow knows more than you know, the, the reality that we are the eternal intelligence of existence. We are that quantum computer and, and we're using our fucking CPU illusion and getting confused thinking that that's, that knows what we want. It's like, that's not even what we are. So get beyond that. And, uh, and then we'll see, but yeah, it's an awesome workshop. Um, all right. So I brought this up beforehand, but I did want to get into some some weed discussion. I know Ray is more or less our resident expert when it comes to marijuana, but I am I am a newbie. I have I've done more mushrooms than I have smoked weed. And we were talking beforehand because I was out uh, in New Jersey this weekend. Uh, my aunt and uncle have a dog, and they were going away for a wedding, so they asked if I would just come wash their dog. So I did, and. And they, they've, they're awesome. They're like my cool aunt and uncle. And, and he was very much a hippie, uh, when he was, when he was younger, growing up in the sixties. And so he still smokes weed, uh, all the time. So he gave me a, a vape, a weed vape basically as, as like a thank you gift. And it's a PAX for those who are familiar. And so I, I smoked it when I was there that night and it was, it was awesome. And what I realized was that almost every time I've smoked with, which I've smoked a decent amount, um, was always like in a party setting, you know, in college with friends after usually after drinking or just like not in, and certainly not in the mentality that I'm in now, which makes a massive difference. But I was telling Ray, like, I really, really enjoyed it. And it, it kind of shifted my perspective on smoking a little bit. And I wanted to get into a lot of different stuff because I have some questions, but just like the impacts of it. I think I hear a lot about like the smoke in it has a huge negative effect. Like I want to ask about that. And then also the comparison between like being high from smoking weed and, and being high from, from psychedelics like mushrooms, because I fucking love mushrooms and like that. I, I, that's the fate, my favorite substance still. Um, uh, but it's, it's a much different experience than, than weed, but I did notice some things about weed that I had never noticed before because I was probably in a different mentality and mixing it with other substances. So yeah, just want to talk about this for a little while. <laughs> Gladly. Uh, it's one of my favorite subjects for sure, because cannabis is one of those plants that should be utilized by our culture, was utilized by our culture for a very long period of time, and then was slowly phased, or not even slowly, but was rather abruptly phased out of our culture for very specific money-based reasons. And, and so 
Yeah, it's definitely one of my favorite subjects. Just to cover quickly, the, the most important part of this in terms of, of the health impacts, smoke. The smoke itself is obviously bad for you. Smoke is a carcinogen. Now, that in mind, people have been smoking for thousands of years, and some people have smoked right up until the ripe old age of almost 100 years old. My, my uh, first reference there would be George Burns. I don't know if you know who George Burns is, but he was an actor, and he smoked big, fat cigars right up until, I think, his 98th or 99th birthday. Like It was his whole life, and, and he was you know, relatively healthy despite all that. So I'm not necessarily one to say that smoking is naturally going to lead you to, to any particular health problems, though it will contribute to health problems. What you do the rest of the time is also going to contribute to how you do. Like if you get out and you run, you get lots of fresh air, you eat right, you know, in addition to smoking occasionally, it's probably not going to have that, that big of an impact on you. Um, that all said, if you don't want to smoke, you don't need to anymore because now you have vapes, which are nice. Um, before that, you had water bongs which are great, right? Um, then you've got, uh, well, you can just burn it. And then you've got your edibles now, which are pretty uh, easy to access in most states in the United States now. Less so in, in, in Europe or a couple other places, but it's, it's coming along. Um, so there's edibles, but edibles have a different impact, right? Like edibles go straight to your blood system and they affect you differently for a much longer period of time. Whereas, you know, a vape uh, will have a different impact than even smoking because depending on how hot you burn your, your cannabis, you are releasing different terpenes at different temperatures. So if a vape never goes over 200 degrees Celsius, all of the terpenes that you might release at 240 or above won't, won't be released. So you won't get that effect that you would if you were burning it that hot, but you also won't get the smoke, right? Now, all that in mind, each strain of cannabis has a specifically different effect based on the terpenes within that strain. We used to break it down as just, you know, indica or sativa, right? Indica gets you couch locked. Sativa makes you high cerebral, uh, cerebral soaring highs. That's not the case. Like we know now that it really does come down to the terpenes. Um, it's just a very convenient way to break them down. So you can go onto websites now and actually look at the different strains, what their effects are, what some of the side effects are. Like, and when I talk about side effects, I don't mean anything serious, but sometimes it'll give you cotton mouth or a little bit of dry eyes or something like that. Some of them come down a little harder where you can, it's like, oh, once you're done being high, you're gonna go to sleep. And that's a good thing to know. But for the most part, if you don't wanna smoke, you don't have to. There are other ways, but if you do smoke, smoke in moderation. That's the best advice I've got for that. But aside from that, cannabis. Um, the nice thing about cannabis is that when you smoke cannabis, when you are using cannabis, your brain does the same thing it does under meditation, which is that it, it achieves an alpha wave state pattern or an alpha state pattern. And so you're very calm and very mellow. But what you'll notice is that that's not automatically the case if you are an uptight egotistical person who needs to be in control. See, mushrooms take you to that door where it's like, hey, are you going to resist or accept? And if you accept, you're like, all right, cool. You're through the gate. <laughs> there you go. Here's the rest of your trip. If you're going to resist, then you still have all those opportunities to accept, right? And then you're just through the gate. Whereas weed, it won't do the work for you. If you're not going to relax, it's not going to relax you, right? You have to relax you. You have to be relaxed. And as soon as you are, then you'll see the benefit. But if you're not relaxed, what weed does is it slows you down enough that you can actually see how not relaxed you are, which is jarring.
Yeah, I have some stories about edible experiences. I don't know if I mentioned them before, um, but before that, I wanted to ask, um, so when you say smoke versus vape, vape, it sounds like isn't as bad with the carcinogens. So what correct. I'm not sure about the science with that. So, so is vape not smoke? Is correct. Vaping smoke? is not smoking. You're literally turning the crystals from the plant into a vapor. So when you smoke weed, it's not the plant necessarily that's getting you high it's the crystals that come off the plant when it's dry the thc crystals and so when you burn weed you're burning those crystals and inhaling it when you vape weed you're just you're just heating up the crystals enough to turn into a vapor and then you inhale those so it's not a carcinogen it's just vapor all right nice well i have a vape so i've i'm less less concerned with with that side of it but um that's good to know yeah i didn't even know there was like a difference between vape and smoke that just shows how how little i familiar i am with all this stuff but yeah with edibles holy shit i had i took edibles three times in college and two of them were probably two of the worst experiences of my life because as i've mentioned many times like even you know a year ago i was in a much different a drastically different mentality but you know if you went and back to like me in 2016, 2017, when I was in college, like I was probably on the surface, not too different in how I talk and act, but like internally and just there, there was drastic differences for sure. And I was, you know, there was, there were just thing. Yeah. It was just like a lot of identity, a lot of sort of, although I was never like, you know, ego statistical and like the way that people say it in society, like, oh, that guy's big ego. It was still very much a lot of identity. Like, you know, I played baseball in college and one of the shitty experiences with an edible was when I was captain and it was like on a weekday and we had like a practice the next day at noon. And I, that was something that triggered it. But anyway, I'll get to that. Um, so one of them, yeah, one of them was, I took it uh, I was doing, I, so I did this, uh, dance thing in college. It was like a fun thing that one of the sororities did. It was called big man on campus. Like BMOC it was like a whole dance competition. So there was one guy who was like the BMOC and then he had a team of like eight or nine guys and girls. And they all, there was like a, a night where everyone went to this club and there was a big stage and everyone like did their dance routines. And so I did that. I was never the BMOC cause I'm not a good dancer. Like I could not hold my own doing that, but I was in the background. Cause like I had friends who were always interested in it. And I was like, I don't know. And I enjoyed it, even though I'm not good, I could like do the basics and I liked doing it. So I did it my sophomore, junior and senior year. So anyway, first edible experience was totally fine. I actually, a bunch of us took it for one of our practices, which were always like super laid back because no one really cared what happened. Um, so we took it during that and then like got food after, and it was like a great experience. So I was like, all right, edibles are dope. And then, uh, the next one I took it, uh, my fraternity would do this thing called thanks drinking, which was like our Thanksgiving sort of meal and we would have a party after it and it was like right before thanksgiving whenever in assault school and so i took it before that and so it was like oh yeah we're gonna have all this good food i'm gonna eat that whatever and so yeah i took it and then it, i just was felt terrible basically like i kept and i what always the issue i always had was that i would get start getting higher and then i'd be like all right this is a good level 
and I would, I would impose my opinion on like, I don't want to get any higher than this. And I would keep getting higher, keep getting higher. And I was like, fuck, and then I would resist it. And I was like, I don't want to be feeling this. And then, so anyway, long story short, I ended up out on the fire escape in like the fetal position on the second floor of our house, just like wanting to die. Like I felt absolutely miserable. And I, I was going to a date night that night with one of my best girlfriend's friend. So I like, didn't know that the girl that much. And because I had only had good experiences with edibles, I was like, Oh yeah, I'll be totally fine. Like everything will be good. And I'll be able to do all these different things all night. And, and so she was super pissed and I was feeling miserable. And then I was like, I, I can't, you know, let, let her down. And so finally, after being on the fire escape for like two hours, I went inside, I threw up a bunch I was like, all right, I'm making it. And so I, I got there and they took pictures at the date night. And it was the, some of the funniest pictures that I have. Cause I, I didn't drink at all after I'm like, fuck that. I'm not putting anything else in my body. So I just had a water cup the whole time. And there's a picture of me just like kind of smiling, like leaning on the bar, but like still there and like three feet away from my date. Just like, I don't want to interact with anyone. And fine. So like finally third, um, edible experience was just with my friends. This is the one where I had baseball practice the next day. And it was another situation. Like we took it, we went to get some food real quick and it was like a great time first 45 minutes. And then it was like, I was laughing a lot. And then it started to get higher and higher and higher. And, and my friend, I took it with, he's one of my best friends. We went back to my house and just were chilling on the couch, watching some TV. And he was like melted into the couch. And I was like, my face was white. I was just like, I feel so terrible. My face was white, turned green, ended up just like being super paranoid for like two hours, worried about mostly about baseball and like, oh my, I was going through all these thought patterns, which was like so common for me back then about like, oh my God. So if I'm still high and I can't practice tomorrow and then I'll, maybe I miss practice and then you know, I'm, I'm a captain, I'm going to lose my captainship and like all of these fucking things. Like that's how my mind was back then for the most part. So that was making it worse. Ended up finally like threw up again, which all my friends were like, I've never heard of someone throwing up from edibles. And I'm like, well, I, yeah, I have. And so that, that is, uh, those are some of my edible experiences to date. Um, but yeah, again, much different mentality, much different frame of mind and, and understanding of things. So yeah, but, but not super fun experiences. <laughs> no, no, I imagine they wouldn't have been, I I've met people who have the same reaction and, and normally it's because again, they're not used to that state of mind, right? Like you go into it and it's, it's overwhelming when you really hear how much thinking you do. And that's what cannabis does is it slows you down. This is why I always get it. It's always interesting to me when people say, Cannabis makes me anxious. Like, no, it just makes you aware of how anxious you are. That's the difference, right? Cannabis doesn't do anything to you. It just slows you down. And it makes you aware of what's already been happening that you have been distracting yourself from, right? That's the point. And that's why I enjoy cannabis because it's an active practice in relaxing. Right. It's not like mushrooms. We're able to do the work for you once you make the choice. Right. Like you have to just actively relax into it, which in itself, you know, can, can become a danger, too, because when you start looking at cannabis as the way that you relax. Right. Then it can become an addiction. 
right? As opposed to something that you enjoy when you are relaxed. Because as we were talking about with alcohol in a previous episode, I never use cannabis if I feel I need it to feel better, right? I never drink alcohol if I feel I need a drink because my day sucks, because that's the path that leads me down further into the, the perception of lack, right? The perception I need something to help buoy me and it changes everything. But that all said, cannabis has a shit ton of health benefits. There are so many health benefits to cannabis, not just THC in terms of the psychoactive ingredient, but also cannabinoids. All of the, uh, the elements of the plant itself are, are being researched right now. They're showing huge, huge potential for, for uh, pharmaceuticals, for um, mental health, pain management, all of this stuff. Because in our body, we have a, a cannabinoid, it's called the endocannabinoid system. So our body actually has an endocannabinoid system that is meant to use cannabinoids within our, our, um, our nervous system to regulate pain, to regulate other things. Like it's an actual part of our body. And some of us actually have a deficiency in our endocannabinoid system, which is why cannabis is so beneficial to them, right? It actually helps their, their body balance out a deficiency that they wouldn't have been able to do so otherwise. Because cannabis, again, has been part of our diet as a species for thousands of years. It's not like we didn't use hemp seed oil. It's not like we didn't use hemp, right? In so many things, hemp itself has been used for clothing, the Bible, um, the, the first copy of the constitution, right? Like this is a plant that we've used everywhere, right? For everything. And I would argue that in the Bible, when they talk about the tree of knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life, because they do say there are two different trees, right? That mushrooms would be the knowledge of good and evil, right bam duality and the tree of life would be cannabis because there's so much from it that we can use including as a protein including a, a, as food damn yeah that's that's pretty incredible i want to talk to about like the different i guess we've already kind of talked about the difference in the process of getting high between mushrooms and cannabis but the actual feelings of it because obviously mushrooms you know you take a bunch you're you know you're tripping balls but i i guess with cannabis you said there's certain strains that you almost are in a way but so for me like i i got kind of high and like pretty high and, and it was like it wasn't like mushrooms at all it's very it's like i'm still within the same dimension like within the same reality it's just a little bit more relaxed i guess like and and things are just kind of funnier like that was the comparison i saw with mushrooms like there was there was a lack of seriousness to everything like i actually went through when i was uh after i'd smoked and was going through comments on like TikTok and Instagram responding to stuff. And like, I ran across some negative stuff and there was like no internal, like, you know, Oh, they're coming at me. Like, that doesn't make me feel good. It was like, it was just like, it was, there was so much lightness to everything. And it was like, I, I immediately saw like, Oh, they're probably, you know, going through some stuff like, you know, whatever it was, there was no like 
initial visceral reaction and then like oh they're probably going through some stuff it was just like there was no reaction whatsoever and there was kind of like just a lightness and like my responses were very like uh just like uh empathetic i guess like immediately like more so than they usually are because sometimes i like to just like talk some a little bit bit of shit back um but yeah it was like there was none of that in that state so i'm I'm curious if there's like what your takes on the, uh, like the technical differences between the highs are, or just, you know, in your experience or, or what people seem to uh, discuss mostly between the two. I'd say it's the level of relaxation. Cause as we've talked about many times, being high is really just being synonymous or, or being high is just synonymous for being relaxed. Right. And the more relaxed you are, the more high you get um, mushrooms which are a poison, um, relax your body in a whole other level, like to the point where your mentality relaxes past the body. The one thing about mushrooms is that you don't really think about your body while you're on mushrooms. You know, typically you're, you're up here, right? Um, whereas on weed, you're not that high, right? You can get that high or you can, you can learn to relax to being that high where you do leave your body behind and all that. But cannabis isn't necessarily meant to do that so much as just to relax you and, and make you aware that there are other perceptions of what is that are totally available to you right now. Right. And that is the nice thing about cannabis. Like when you don't smoke much and you're in a mentality that of control and keeping up to the clock, doing all that. And then you smoke a joint, you'll notice there's that immediate paranoia. Like oh, I got to stay on the ball. Oh, what if something goes wrong? Oh. And that's just because that's how you're thinking most of the time. And then you relax into it and you go, Right, the world's okay without me doing that all the time because we forget that. We get so caught up in the way that we live that we forget there are other ways to live. There are other ways to perceive, right? And so cannabis very much helps us do that. It helps us relax enough that we're not so caught up in the narrative that we've committed to, right? And that's one of the things I really enjoy about cannabis. But again, within reason, it's not a miracle drug on its own. It's not gonna do it for you. You, you have to do it yourself. But then. In terms of conversation, what I enjoy about cannabis is that people who are high typically don't get offended by much. They still do sometimes, but the people that you talk to are more or less just happy to be shooting the shit because they're high. That's it. They just want to talk, right? And so you can get into all kinds of fun conversations and they can get deep. And because everybody's high and relaxed, you can go really far. Like in that conversation, if you know the path, if you've taken mushrooms enough, as it were, and you know the path, you can take people on a merry little jaunt through the land of cannabis. And it's actually a lot of fun because the more you relax, the higher you get, right? But that's not the cannabis doing it anymore. It's just allowed you to question your perception enough that you can just keep going. Whereas mushrooms, <laughs> they just rip your perception out from under you and they go, you're fine. And then you have to deal with it, right? But you no, know, cannabis is a bit more gradual. You still have to do the work to learn from it, but it does make it easier. Bill Hicks did actually a really good segment on it in his stand-up comedy where he was saying that, you know, cannabis should be mandatory, right? Like you're sitting in, in uh, rush hour, honking on the horn, getting all impatient. Somebody comes, knocks on your door, rolls down your window, hands you a joint and says, smoke this. It's the law, <laughs> right? You know, oh yeah, I was taking myself seriously again. And, and that's the whole point, right? Is that it does make it easier for you to remember, right, I'm getting caught up in this thing that's not real, right? But if you resist that it's not real, cannabis is not fun. 
Okay. Yeah. I feel like then my mentality, I could probably, probably give uh maybe give edibles a shot <laughs> again with, uh, cause yeah, it's, it's, I already harped on this, but yeah, my mentality now is so significantly different than it was the last time I tried those things. And, and yeah, so yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty fascinating stuff. Just like getting into, it's so cool to be able to like talk about this. Cause like we go our entire lives thinking that like with all these stigmas, we don't see these things for what they are as just, you know, a, a fungi or, or a plant that comes from the fucking earth. Like these aren't made in labs. They aren't processed materials. They are the earth. And it's fascinating that it's like, it's just not that different from a leaf on a tree. Like it came, comes from the same sort of, you know, comes from the earth. And to think that they could ban something that comes from the earth is just absolutely fucking mind blowing. Something else I wanted to ask about was with addiction, people talk like, cause I, I've, ta- I've a lot of friends who've smoked weed like their whole life. And there's like sort of a debate as to whether weed is, is physically addictive or it's just mentally addictive. And I've always wondered if there's really as much a difference as people make it seem with certain things. Cause I've always thought, or at least for a while, I've had the thought that like literally anything can be addictive. Like it's not just, you know, these drugs that we've set over here is like, Oh, you know, don't try this once or else you're going to be addicted forever. It's like, anything could be addicted. And we are addicted to so many things. Like, don't tell me 90% of the population isn't addicted to their phone like that. It's an, or food or, you know, whatever, or, you know, love, like the, the striving to be loved and accepted like that, that's something too, but specifically with this stuff. And then we can go into, I guess, addiction again. I know we've talked about it in the past, but with, with weed, or I guess we can just toss mushrooms in there too. Like with, with the addiction of it, like, is there, do you see differences between the two? And then along with everything else, like, are there technical studies or I'm just curious your take on like how they relate to addiction? Well, with weed specifically, I think a lot of it comes down to addictive personality. Um, it's, it's really easy to cling to weed because it, admittedly it does make it easier to take life, life a little uh, lighter. The problem is, is that if you're not doing the work to learn from that, it's only ever going to come with the weed. And then when you're not high, you will find yourself getting increasingly bitchy. And that's a good indication that you're not doing the work, right? And so rather than it becoming an addiction, it becomes a crutch. Let's put it that way. And because in my experience and and from all of the people I've known for a very long time, Cannabis is not something that causes a physical addiction. Like people who smoke a lot of cannabis can get used to smoking cannabis, can get used to operating on cannabis and get very comfortable being there. But if they ever choose like, yeah, I'm going to smoke a little less cannabis. What you'll notice is that there's actually a relief to some degree from smoking too much to smoking less because you just start to feel a little bit better. You start to feel a little bit, a little bit more clear. You start to feel a little bit more you know, in the world as it were. Right. And, and so that's, that's a good thing. But it's never it never something that causes like physical shaking unless unless and again, I know this personally, as well as from friends of mine who have suffered through MS and a couple of of other things, cannabis 
can be physically helpful. So people who use cannabis medicinally will sometimes have a physical effect when they're not using it. There will be a physical consequence when they're not using it. Like for people with MS, they will shake more, right? In terms of my condition, I, I will start to get nauseous after a certain, while, a certain amount of time just because of the pressure in my eyes. It's, it starts to mess with me. And so I, I have to use that as kind of something that, that keeps my pressures down and allows me to maintain them. And there are numerous other things. Like uh, I had a friend who was going through cancer therapy who had no appetite whatsoever. And so we would just bring him a joint from time to time and he would go outside, he'd eat a joint, he'd go back in the hospital, he'd be eaten, right? So things like that. But the, the withdrawal from cannabis it is more or less emotional, I think more than anything else it's just that you don't have that that thing to help you relax you have to work on relaxing right and if you can work on relaxing without the cannabis then when you do use the cannabis it's so much better so much better yeah i can imagine i did want to ask too you brought up the appetite side of it i wanted to ask about that because holy shit yeah like i've i've and I've smoked like plenty of times in the past and had great experiences. Like really the only shitty experiences I ever had were on edibles, but it was just that it was usually in mixed with other stuff, but there have been times where I have smoked without that. I think it was just like my mentality was a lot different, but yeah. So Saturday night I, I smoked and like my aunt made this lasagna and left it for me and they had all sorts of other stuff and they're like, take any, whatever you want. And I was just like, I was so, I was just chilling and just like eating. And I was aware that like, it can make your appetite go. Cause I have a pretty big appetite. Like I eat, I can eat a lot. And like, I, so I eat, you know, higher volume foods that fill me up because, you know, if I was just eating super dense, if I was eating like peanut butter on everything, I would, you know, gain 25 pounds pretty quick. But with that, I was like, oh yeah, I could, I could have eaten like, three trays of lasagna probably I stopped myself at like half the tray and so I was curious like is there like what because I know ghrelin is like I understand like the ghrelin is the sort of like the hunger hormone and leptin is like the fullness hormone like does it impact that are there other impacts like because I know food tastes a little better kind of too like are there impacts on taste buds <laughs> so um cannabis does affect certain senses um, like, like your sense of taste and your sense of smell. Right. Um, but so I wanted to mention, first off, edibles are rough. Like even I find edibles rough and I'm a veteran, right? Like I like edibles if I'm not going anywhere or doing anything or plan on talking to anyone, then I'll eat an edible. Right. Whereas most of the time I'll smoke a joint or I'll pack my pipe. Right. Or, or a little, I've got a little bubbler, which I enjoy because it looks like, um, uh, Sherlock Holmes's pipe makes me rather happy. It's just like a calabash, very happy. Anyway, so just, just to keep that in mind with, with edibles is that you're in for a longer ride and, it, and it's a whole different high. Cause again, it's in your blood system, right? So it's very different. Um, whereas smoking, it goes pretty much straight to your brain. Very different thing. Um, that all in mind, the munchies. So the way I understand it, THC actually eats at your blood sugar level which makes you hungry, right? And because everything tastes and smells so much better when you're high, that doesn't help either, right, at all. But on the other hand, there's something there that can be useful. So a friend of mine years ago was a little bit overweight. Well, 
he was he was a little bit more than a little overweight and he was saying i'm having problems taking the weight off because i smoke weed and i get high and then i get hungry and then i munch and so i recommended well next time after you smoke go for a walk so you're nowhere near the food when you get the munchies just bring some water with you and take a walk and so we got into the habit of doing that it's you get high you go for a walk bring some water just drink the water by the time he got home he wasn't hungry anymore right because he got away from the food he dropped weight like like an ice cube shedding water and heat like he just dropped the weight i think it was like six months later man and he loves to walk like he's always out and about now right but it's just about changing the habit right and that's the thing like as much as weed does relax you it also makes you kind of lazy if you let it right that's the point if you let it on the other hand if you use the high to your advantage changes everything like i like to get high and work out right i'll go smoke weed i'll come back and do a good solid workout because i can literally consciously identify each and every muscle group individually when i'm in that state of mind you just have so much more sensitivity right so i love it it's so much more fun than just going through the motions of working out you can actually feel like every tendon you're like yes this is so good so it brings you to the present if you can use that but the problem is, is that many people, especially teenage people, find cannabis as a way of escaping the hell that is their life, which is school and socialization and the growing needs of their ego and everything else. And so they find cannabis and they go, yes, an escape. And they use it that way instead of using it as a way of growing beyond the nightmare that they've gotten used to or growing beyond the mentality that, that, that they're used to. They think of it as a doorway out of that mentality rather than something that can inform that mentality when they come back to it. See, that's the thing is that being high is, is fine. It's great. But if you don't learn anything from it, it's not doing anything for you in the long term. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And I think, cause I like all of this talk about cannabis and stuff is much more new to me. Whereas I'm certainly not like a mushroom veteran, but I, I understand like the, interworkings of our mentality as it relates to identity and and mushrooms sort of impact on that and i'm actually able to articulate if it for the most part if i'm asked about it but yeah with with weed it's it's much and, and cannabis it's much different for me so this is kind of cool to hear and like learn more about it and sort of like experience different things with it and and, and it's the same thing with mushrooms though it's like the the mushrooms aren't doing the work like you're doing the work they open doors they allow you to see certain things they allow you to experience a slightly altered reality or experience while you're on them but it's not you know the trip that that changes everything it's how you perceive it and what you do with the experiences that you have so i guess it's kind of how it is for for all all drugs for the most part but that's yeah actually I, that's how i've been able to use the number of drugs that i had in my past without becoming addicted is that it was always on me right the substance only did half the work the rest was on me. And because of that, I never passed responsibility to the substance solely. So it could never become the source of an addiction. Yeah, that, that makes sense. Like that is not necessarily a mentality that the people get into it with, like they, they use it as wanting an escape or, you know, they want to be able to, to pass responsibility or 
or even it just stems from not having faith in yourself and not being able to recognize that it's all, it's all you, you know, whatever trippy thoughts that you have or high thoughts that you have, it's like, those are your thoughts. They're not. And I know we were talking about this in last week's page was it last week or the week before Patreon call one of them more recent call um, just about how, you know, when you have thoughts and experiences on drugs, on psychedelics, on cannabis, like those are, those are you like, don't, don't downplay your impact on those and your uh, experience with those and, and just the impact that you're having on your experience. It's not just those things, those allow for opportunities. They, they open up doors, allow for you to see certain things, but it still comes back to you at the end of the day, no matter what. Always, no matter what, doesn't matter if you're hungry and feeling a bit bitchy, right? You can say, well, I'm bitchy because I'm hungry. No, you're bitchy because you're bitchy. You're also hungry, right? They're both happening at the same time. One's optional. The other one's what you're experiencing, right? And, and, and so it's very important to always come back to that sense of responsibility. There are always influences, but that does not take away responsibility, right? My external environment does not dictate my internal response to that environment. And as soon as I think it does, then I'm disempowering myself and it changes everything, everything. So... I just wanted to mention that quickly, and I wanted to, to bring up the fact that, Andrew, you are coming here very soon. We're not going to give away the date yet. You have to join us on Patreon. But I am very excited because I'm going to roll a big blunt when you get here. Um, Canadian beer. I don't know if you've had Canadian beer, but it's awesome and, and like 5 to 8% alcohol, so it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, you got the ocean and the forest and everything out here. We're going to make some videos. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hell, we might even live stream while we while we smoke a big doobie and, and, and shoot the, the shit with our followers. Oh, I, I hope so. Yeah, I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah, that's going to be such a, <laughs> such a fun weekend to just get away and, and chill and, I mean, meet for the first time. But also, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped to be in... Vancouver Island like that's I've I've never been anywhere really even in the the northwest part of the U.S. so yeah I'm I'm excited to experience that environment because I've heard great things and yeah it's it's going to be an awesome time I'm, I'm looking forward to all the chats and and everything that comes with that as well yeah me too because again it's one thing to, to be able to chat like this on zoom but you know it's not like we're going to light up and smoke a joint here on zoom we're not actually hanging out together so it's a totally different experience but once you're here that'll be a different thing as well and of course we've also discussed the possibility of mushrooms but we won't get much further into that here on the podcast if anybody would like to ask us questions about that you'll have to join us on wednesday for our group chat because there's going to be all kinds of fun stuff that are going to happen during this trip and we're going to make some videos during it And if you have any questions we'll try and address that at the same time uh, i do want to mention actually before we go any further we have a Q&A episode coming up. We are very close to wrapping up season two. And so we have one more Q&A episode that's gonna be coming up in the next few episodes here. If you have questions, submit them to us either in the comments section below if you're on YouTube, uh, through social media, or if you can contact us on Discord, just contact us directly there or leave a comment in the podcast questions channel. We will try and answer your question in the next Q&A because we love Q&As, they're a lot of fun. Yeah, they really are. Um, oh, I was going to ask too, like, obviously we'll, we'll be doing some stuff in person, but 
it, w- it would also be fun for one of these zooms or maybe in season three at some point just like have an episode where we're both high on on something and just record and you know maybe even maybe even for q maybe like not this q a coming up but like a specific q a like high q a and and that i think that would be a lot of fun to to do something like that because i've thought about that before if, if we could you know you know, take some mushrooms or, or smoke some weed before an episode and just see the difference in it because i feel like it almost wouldn't be that different of an episode like i don't know if we would maybe pick different topics but maybe it would just be probably the depth of it a little bit um but yeah that that could be a lot of fun i think people would appreciate that (laughs) well i know they would for sure because we have a number of audience members who i know listen to the podcast while they're high and so it would probably resonate on a whole other level <laughs> if we were in that state of mind as well. Yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. I'd be down for that. Absolutely. Um, I wanted to mention quickly that while we're talking about cannabis and, and mushrooms and, and so on and so forth, the reason that I don't talk about other substances or especially on the Discord, because somebody did ask on Discord if we could just make another substances channel to talk about different drugs other than mushrooms and cannabis. And the reason I won't is largely because I know mushrooms and cannabis, there's enough research going into them. I know the the substances themselves have enough positives and so few negatives that I don't feel uncomfortable in talking about them in a way that's going to make somebody uh, possibly less safe. Whereas other drugs, which I know do have therapeutic benefits and are being researched, I am not as familiar with their safety or their negatives. And so I don't feel comfortable necessarily opening up that conversation as of right now on Discord. You are welcome to talk about it in the, in the channels that exist, of course. But when it comes to drugs, I'm very much of the, of the mind that organic is the best way. Avoid things that are man-made if you can. Avoid things that have been um, altered by humanity because there is always that mentality of control that goes into them. And that does make a difference in the outcome. And specifically, I'm talking about acid here because a lot of people will compare mushrooms to acid because they do have similar effects. But acid does have this tendency of allowing you to maintain the feeling of control, the feeling of yourself. There's an edge to acid that mushrooms don't have. Mushrooms teach you humility. Acid does not require that humility. You can still get very high and very insightful without ever losing the control that you're meant to, or that you have the opportunity to let go of. Mushrooms teach you that, acid does not. And and that's something I found with a lot of other synthetic drugs as well, is that as soon as there's this mentality of control that modifies them, they almost take on that mentality. Yeah, that, uh, that makes sense that coming from that recognition, like the, it's almost like when people talk about, you know, like a, a, vegan person will say they don't want to eat meat because the the fear in the the animal when it's killed and they'll they'll be you know eating that sort of fear energy but i guess it's the same with what goes into to anything so if a if humans are creating a drug and they have a certain mentality going into it whether they're purposeful about it or not that some of that mentality is going to trickle into the creation that they have, whether it's like, you know, it's not like they're spitting in the drug or something, but it's, it's the, the act of creation that comes about with that. So it, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. 
Yeah. And interesting you bring that up because when you look at, I don't want to eat animals because of the fear they experience when they're killed, right? Fair enough. But if you're a fearful person, then the animal you're ingesting may not be the source of fear that you think it is. It could be just your fear, right? Because personally, when I eat an animal, I celebrate its life. I also celebrate the fact that it's about to become human, regardless of how it died. So that changes the experience of what I'm eating. Yeah, and two, like if you're afraid of the impact that it's going to have on you, it's like does it like you're afraid of ingesting the fear? You're fucking afraid of ingesting the fear while you're ingesting the fear. You're the one that's afraid. It has nothing to do with the animal, even. So it's like that's kind of funny too. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to run across a vegan at some point, hopefully in person, where I can where I can let him <laughs> drop that one in there and see what they have to say because I do really enjoy just just dropping little, little seeds and stuff like that. But it's, it's funny. And yeah, I, I mentioned, I think this was before the episode started, but I, I have another God like sky daddy video that I, I wrote the script for uh, yesterday. I'll probably film it uh, maybe after this or tomorrow, but yeah, it's, it's basically a recreation of a video I've done before about um, like, you know, me asking myself is like two different people. Like, why do you believe in God? And it's like, goes back and forth. And it's like, well, I feel like someone had to create the universe. And so like the last time I made that, I said, why do you believe in God? And then I, I have this like alter ego character. That's kind of like a, a dumb douchey, like California guy. And he's like, well, I mean, someone had to have created the universe. And he talks like that. And people get really triggered about that because it, it makes it seem like I'm, like the person who believes in God is, is dumb or something. So I'm recreating it. And it's going to be a very like logical, rational conversation back and forth. So I'm excited about it because I know it's still going to get a lot of people pissed off, but it's going to be a little bit more difficult to put it on me and, and put the blame on me though. They still will. Absolutely. It's, it's going to be a little bit more difficult because the other ones, I just made it way too easy for them to be like, you're being disrespectful. Like you're so condescending, like you're a pretentious douchebag, all that, all that good stuff. So this time I just want to make it as difficult as I possibly can while still getting all of my logical reasoning. And then it finishes off. I'll let you, I'll let you watch the video, but it kind of finishes off with like, Where'd you hear about all this stuff? It's like, well, I've been listening to this new podcast, Dualistic Unity with Andrew and Ray. You should go check it out and then look at the camera. So I'm excited to get that out there and see the ripples that come from it. <laughs> I love it. I think that's going to be great. Um, before we wrap up for today's uh, episode, I wanted to talk about something that you and I were talking about the other day. And, and specifically, it's as you start to wake up and you start to realize how insecure we are, how much we actually... Um, pander to our ego and, and are trying to chase these insecurities. And we do so almost reflexively. We judge people, we, we make assumptions about people, we do all that. And so as you become more aware of that and you hang out with people who are still playing that game, it can be very tempting to speak up, to feel like you must correct it because you recognize the toxicity that it is, that there is almost this obligation to voice the truth. And in doing that, Sometimes you'll create consequences. Sometimes you'll create a rift that is bigger and less helpful than it would have been had you not voiced the truth, had you just embodied the truth. 
and Andrew and I were talking about this the other day, and I just wanted to mention it quickly because it's super important to recognize that your growth is all you need to do. Your growth is your responsibility. Everybody else is not. They are you, but they are also growing. You don't have to be out there educating the masses. You don't have that actively have to be out there trying to force people to have an insight that they're not prepared to have. Have the insight yourself, because that is them having it on some level. And it will come out in how you act and how you are. And that has more impact than your, your attempt to control somebody else's life ever will. It is not on you to save the world. You just have to recognize you are the world. There is nobody to save just yourself to accept. That is a powerful reminder that absolutely helps me. And I think probably will resonate for a lot of people, especially early on or even not early on. And just someone who doesn't have someone close to them, letting them know that they don't have to go try and change everyone else. Like it, there's a lot of freedom in the recognition that you don't have to change anyone else. Like it, it, because I feel like when you first start recognizing this stuff or sort of waking up, it's like you feel this weight, this gravity that, oh, I, I am everything. I need to change everyone else. And it's like you, you don't, though. And, and when you do recognize that, you can put the energy into embodying the freedom that you recognize. And that will make exponentially more ripples and changes than you trying to, you know, go in and, and pry people's brains open and change them and, and all that shit. So, yeah. And it's been very freeing for me to, to see that I can just, just embody it. And that is more than enough to change the world because I'm the world. Exactly. And it's a lot less uh, difficult for us. It creates a lot less weight. Right? It's a lot easier to continue growing when you're not dragging all of this narrative that you don't need, when you're not dragging your perceptions of humanity with you and you start to recognize, right, I am humanity. Right? The divisions that I hold on to are making it more difficult for me to empathize with people and see them for who they are because I have assumptions about them in the same way they have assumptions about me and I have assumptions about me. And so we all just get out of our own way and we start working together. And it's the most counterintuitive thing but it is exactly what makes sense if you look at everything as being one. Of course, we have to work together. Of course, we have to relax enough to recognize that we're all connected. Of course, we have to develop our sensitivity for how that one thing that we are moves. Of course. All right. So it makes sense in that way, but it does not make sense to a self-defining mentality, a, a mentality that relies on illusory divisions and concepts and, and measurements of value just doesn't work right so on that note we're going to wrap up episode 16 because we're coming up to the two hour mark um again i did put a coupon code in there for a free copy of our manifestation workshop it's somewhere around the middle of the episode i'm not going to tell you where you got to go listen for it um there are an, a limited number of uh copies available for free so definitely go and download them as soon as you can and of course we will see you next week uh andrew any last minute announcements before we log off Go sign up for the free public group chat on Wednesday. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to chatting. And I'll talk to you there. And we'll see you next week. All right. Bye, everyone.